With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The podcast with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. For the podcast in association with NordVPN, you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to www.1874.io slash NordVPN. If you do that, you'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and we thank them very much for sponsoring the show. Greg, global Greg Evans, here we are on the eve of the... Well, it's not quite the eve. We're near the Premier League season, kicking off probably the most exciting season for Villa in many, many years. I don't think we felt this kind of sense of optimism for a long, long time going into a Premier League season. We've had the Europa Conference League draw as well for the qualifiers. What did you make of them? Um, yeah, hi Dan. You're right. <laughs> it's hello. Sorry, I should ask you if you're okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, all good. Thanks. I'm all good. Um, it's incredibly exciting, isn't it? Villa are looking really, really good. Um, try. We always try not to get too carried away, but it's it's difficult, isn't it? When when Villa are looking so good and so in such good shape. Um, Everything gearing up to, to Saturday, looking forward to that late kickoff. I think it'll be a great atmosphere at, at St James's Park. Um, really looking forward to the Premier League season in general as well. I think I do think this season we're going to see probably the biggest gap between maybe the top seven or eight teams and then the rest of the division. I think um, you know the the real top teams in the division have, have moved further away from from the um, from the lower ranked teams, and you can go through some of those, you know your Everton's and your Wolves and your Palaces and your Fulham's and they just don't seem like they've made much progress and in fact maybe some of them might have even gone backwards this year so I think there's going to be a big gap and, and that's great for Villa because they seem very set up to uh, to take advantage of that. Yep, the Europa Conference League draw also is, is very exciting. Um, 
it was great that Villa became seeded, wasn't it? Because it just made that passage just ever so slightly easier. Um, I do, I do fancy Villa to um, perform well against sort of any team in in that um, in that competition this season. The fact that they've got either Hibernian or, or Luzerne in uh, Switzerland are, are a couple of decent options, really, because Edinburgh is a great city and and something uh, a city that that Villa fans will, I'm sure, will go there and, and really enjoy. John McGinn would be. Um, well up for that one as well, I think, playing against could, his old It would be massive for the McGinn family, couldn't it? Yeah. It'll be it'll be huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, probably he probably never thought he would look would line up against uh, against Tibbs again, you know, certainly not for Villa. So to get that sort of quirk of a of a fixture is potentially could be great. Um Luzerne obviously, you know, finished fourth in, in the in the Swiss League I expect, like myself, not many Villa fans know too much about them. Um, but this I is expected what... you to be clued up, to be honest. I'm a bit <laughs> you? I mean, it looks like a nice, a lovely little city on the on the river and surrounded by um, surrounded by mountains. I'm, I'm sure Villa fans will will find a square where they can put some flags up and drink Heineken. But um, it look, looks like a very beautiful city, and I think this is what's going to be nice for for, for supporters now. They're going to you know travel Europe and get to see some different places that they perhaps wouldn't have gone to in um you know in normal times i've never spent any time in switzerland so uh, if i'm over there that that would be that would be a fun one but yeah equally i presume hibs will will get the job done they they're probably the slightly strongest team you know albeit a team finishing fifth in in the scottish premiership last season but look the main thing for villa is get the job done um home f- away first isn't it then home yeah, so why first? Yeah, why first then home? So, um, you know, it'd be nice to just to just to get that clarity, and then and then the club can move forward again. Yeah, it was nice to have that draw on the on the eve of the Premier League season. I think, like you said, it's a really exciting first game away at Newcastle. Be a nice barometer actually of of where both clubs are at. Villa, of course, played Newcastle off the park at, at Villa Park quite late on in, in last season. But I think, yeah, it's a tough place to go. Not the ideal start, but in a lot of ways, I think it's good to play them on the first day and see where we're at. I, I take what you've just said about the top eight. I think the top eight's pretty defined. I've got to say, I think the top three will probably be quite defined in the Premier League this season. But after that, I think anyone could could finish anywhere of those those top eight teams that, that we've just spoken about. I think Man City, Arsenal and Manchester United are clear. Then after that, think? Yeah, I don't really? see much between between the rest of the rest of the teams. And I'm obviously at, at Sky at the moment. I've spoken to a couple of people today who are well, neutral reporters, reporters for other teams, and they're all saying to me, they seriously think Villa can finish top five mm-hmm. and qualify for the Champions League this season. I think I, I I would agree with that. I think by the way they were under Unai Emery, the summer business they've done, how they've looked in pre-season, depends a lot on the Europa Conference League, how deep they go in that competition. But if top five does get your Champions League, depending on what happens with the coefficients, there's mm-hmm. no reason why Aston Villa cannot finish fifth, Greg. Yeah, no, I agree. They've got to the, the the key for them, of course, is to to balance European games and a Premier League um, campaign. You know that, that they should be able to do that, shouldn't they, Villa? Because of the quality of opposition in the Conference League, it'd be be harder for Newcastle yeah, in the Champions so. League, for example, to, to yeah, find a gonna, balance. Yeah, that's it. You know, the games are going to be even harder. I'm for, I mean, I'm for Arsenal as well. You know, Arsenal have recruited mm. extremely well, but they are stepping up a level as well. Remember, and having the um, uh, the, the, the added addition of Champions League football. What I would say is I firmly believe Liverpool and Chelsea are going to be so much stronger than last season. Definitely Liverpool because um, 
you know, they haven't got Champions League football. Um, they've recruited relatively well. A couple of gaps in midfield still, but they, you know they've recruited well with McAllister and Zabosloy, and um, I just think they won't care about the Europa League. So their focus is going to be on getting back into the top four. Um, I put them on a similar level to Man United. I don't agree with you that, that, that the top three really. Yeah, I think. So I think I dis- I think Liverpool and Chelsea have got work to do. I think they're more in transition than Villa are. And Villa think, finished ahead of Chelsea. Yeah, I, think, I think, look, Chelsea are in transition 100%. Um, we, we spoke about it last week, didn't we, on the podcast? But again, you know, the fact that they won't have European football will, will benefit them slightly in the Premier League because they'll be a lot, a lot fresher um, come later on in the season, you know, when, when perhaps Pochettino, an excellent manager, has had a little bit of time to get some of his players together, um, get a bit of a formula going. Um, I'm, I'm convinced Chelsea will be much better. Not great news for them this morning with Nakunku getting no, injured and, really and been out for a long time so so that'll be a blow for them um clearly still have some issues um you know around around the sort of attacking midfield positions but um i think they'll be better but yeah i take your point i, I do think villa will be serious challenges this year i think that everything's set up for villa almost isn't it if you look through the departments now very strong defensively, lots of options. Very strong in midfield, lots of options. Um, attacking department in general is pretty strong. I just fear slightly about the strikers if something happens to Ollie Watkins. But you know we've know we've seen over the season that he's a very durable player, um, scored lots of goals, uh, and and they can certainly rely on him. And look, if they don't get anybody in this window, there's always January to to react. So. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's looking good, isn't it? And I, I do think if Villa can get off to a good start, then they will strike fear into plenty of other teams in the division. You're talking about like the shape of the squad at the moment. Do you think what we've got now will be pretty much what we, we've got by the end of August? Yeah, there's one there's one position perhaps that they're that they're still looking at, and that's the that's the striker. Whether they bring a striker in um, and and you know perhaps move um, move some of the parts around still, uh, or promote um, you know a, a new player slightly higher up the ranks, it, it remains to be seen. Um, but I do think well, Villa's Villa's the bulk of Villa's business is done now. You know they have got the players in they wanted to get in. Um, it's very a very strong group now. Uh, they've decided that Jaden Philogene is, is sticking around and won't be going out alone. So he's another, you know, attacking player that's going to be in the squad now and featuring heavily. Um, and yeah, if if there's just one sort of there's one dilemma almost at at, uh, at striker to to play along um, to to offer more competition to Ollie Watkins. But yeah, as we've been saying for a couple of weeks now, the key for Villa is moving players on. We know that Aaron Ramsey is likely to, well, expected to leave to uh, for Burnley. Don't think, it's a shame, it's, it's sad in some ways because, you know, you, you, you're, you're breaking up the Ramsey trio of Jacob, Aaron and Cole. And uh, for those who don't know, Cole is a, 16-year-old now who think he's, he's coming through the ranks as well. Um, <laughs> no easy task for him trying to get through when he's got to brothers at elite level already. So, um, but yeah, I, I, do, I don't think Villa, um, as, as harsh as this sounds, I don't think Villa are missing anything by selling Aaron Ramsey now. And 
you know, Burnley are willing to pay the twelve million pound. The only hold up at the moment is the um, you know a few minor personal details around the buyback clause. If Villa can get that sorted, they'll let him go, um, and they've obviously got that option to to call him back at some point if if they feel um, that, that that's needed. The key now is to get a bit of money back in. Villa have spent nearly €90 million Euros on, on two players in Diaby and, and Torres. It's a hell of a lot of money. Um, you know, that the, there are youth team players or develop, uh, academy graduates that are growing in value and, and that's been the long-term sort of self-sustainable plan that, that has been put in place by the owners now for a couple of years and starting to see the... Um, um, we're starting to see players come through now and, and, and increase in value. You know, you've got the likes of Tim Eric Boonham, who is currently injured and is going to be missing for a little while. Um, obviously, Aaron Ramsey, who's, who's moved to Burnley, Cameron Archer. You'd expect him to stay, but the, you know, if a very big, big bid came in for that for him, um, Villa would have to would have to look at that. And there are others, you know, in and around the edges. Lamar Bogard, we expect him to go out on loan again. Finn Azaz has signed a new deal and gone out on loan. Louis Barry. There are lots of players here now that are sort of growing in value and will make Villa some money in the future. And you've got a couple of the first teamers. Leander Dendonka, uh, perhaps Leon Bailey. I mean, we you know, it feels like we'd just be left a little light if he did go. Um and, yeah, I wouldn't let him go. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it'd be the smartest move to let him go. Um, but again, you know, if you get a very, very big offer, perhaps from somewhere like Saudi Arabia, it might be too good to turn down. And certainly, Philip Coutinho, you know, they'll be looking to move him on now and get the money back in for him. Yeah, we'll come on to Coutinho. We'll touch on the Valencia game in a second. Just wanted to ask you a bit more about the Aaron Ramsey deal. To me. That feels a good deal for Villa because yeah. twelve million straight away pure profit put towards your your FFP and your accounts, which is which is brilliant. You've got the option to bring him back. He's actually going to a club that's in a fairly progressive position at the moment in Burnley. I don't really think Burnley will be in massive trouble this season. They've got a good manager in Vincent Company. They've done some decent business so far. They're carrying that momentum from a, a really good Championship season. So I actually think that's a, a really intriguing move for him. He's done it. At, a, at kind of the top level of the championship now with with, with Middlesbrough and Norwich Ramsey and, and, and done well. So to go to a, a lower-end Premier League team and play maybe a season or two seasons there and see how he goes, see if he grows enough for Villa to bring him back, I think that's a really good deal for the club because as much as I like him, I don't think he's going to get much football this season. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great move for him and I think, you know, fair play to him. It just shows that his progression is now, you know, seen as a as a, a worthy Premier League player that can come in and 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 perform. It reminds me a little bit like the Gibbs White deal from from um Wolves to uh to Nottingham Forest. A hell of a yeah. lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, just just a lot cheaper. Um but you know, similar type of a similar type of player from a similar upbringing, um, you know, come through the England ranks, done well. Uh, he was obviously part of the under nineteen team that that won the Euros uh, last summer alongside Chipwemeka and Eric Boonham. Um, so great news for Villa that they're that they're producing these kids now and, and are able to sell them on for a significant amount of money because that's what Man City and and that's what Chelsea yep. and, and Liverpool to an extent in, in previous years, you know, with the likes of um, Harry Wilson and um, 
uh, the Nottingham Forest striker and, and a few others. But look, that's what the big clubs do. You know, They are able yeah. to produce players and sell them on for big money and then that helps fund their transfer plans in the future. And look, it's absolutely no slight on Aaron Ramsey at all. He's going to a very, no, he's going to a very decent, you know, Forward thinking Premier League club and and you know playing under Vincent Company, I think is going to be quite fun for him. He's going to fit into the um, sort of attacking midfield role. We know that he played more of a defensive type midfielder when he was a little bit younger, but he's <clears throat> he's certainly an attacking midfielder. Um, so expect that deal to get done. You know that there might still be a mishap somewhere along the line, so we won't say it will get done for certain, but it's very very close now. Um, and yeah, you know it's it's it's. It's Villa have still got the option of bringing him back if they feel that uh, you know he's worthy of a place in the future. But then the, the, the progressive the, teams do, isn't it? Yeah, and they're not they're not losing anything. Look, Aaron Ramsey never played a minute in the Premier League, as far as I'm aware. So they're not they're not no. losing anything. Yeah, in an ideal world, you look at it and you think, well, it's a talented uh, attacking midfielder that's come through the ranks. It'd be great to sort of use him sparingly in in the uh, Europa League this year, but. Villa have got some really senior players ahead of him now. It's going to be tough for players like that to break in. He'll get more out of a Premier League season at Burnley or two Premier League seasons out of Burnley than he will a few cameos against teams in the Europa Conference League. For, for absolute sure, and you're right, because it's what progressive clubs do. Man City, I can't believe Man City aren't in for Lavia at the moment. I think they're light Man City in terms of depth and squad depth at the moment. They've, I presume, have got a buyback on, on Lavia. I can't believe that they're not in for him. At the moment, they, they did it with us, with Douglas Louise. I know they never pulled him back in the end. But, you know, probably if he was at the, the level he is now, a couple of years ago, they probably would have pulled him back, wouldn't they? And again, it's what it's what smart teams do. Chelsea have sold so many players from their academy and put buyback clauses in. I know they mm. haven't often often actioned them, but they, you know, they, they've done it and it gives you the option if you do think they're right and they do fit back. At the club, so Villa lose nothing by doing it. I think it's probably a deal that's good for every party. It's good for Aaron Ramsey, it's good for Villa, and it's good for Burnley. So it ticks all, ticks all the boxes. So it's it's not a major concern to me. Like you say, it would have been nice for him to stick around and maybe play some some Europa Conference games. But I like to see the club do this. I like to see the club yeah. be progressive, and I really feel Villa are not, that now in like all areas of the club, modern, progressive, doing doing all the right things. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes at, at Villa at the moment, Greg. So I'm going to allow you to do that because I felt like that was a nice segue. <laughs> yeah, it's just quite interesting, you know, with obviously Monty on board now um, as a you know very experienced sporting director alongside Emery and, and Damir Vadigani, who, who who he both knows well. And it's a very Spanish setup at Villa now. You know, there are so many Spaniards in the door. I mean, even Austin McPhee's... Um, who's the set piece coach even his assistant Spanish but he's been along really yeah he's been at the club for actually you know dates back pre-Emery um so that yeah a, there's a very Spanish feel around the place especially with some of the South Americans you know obviously the Spanish speakers there um but what's really key I think with with Monchi is that you know he's starting to settle in now he's getting used to his new surroundings and and it's a it's, it's actually a very big move for him because Sevilla is almost or almost was his life you know he he, he sort of grew up there and he he, he built everything from scratch almost at Sevilla yeah, right back in the in 2000, 2001, I think it was. Um, didn't have a very successful time at Roma. Um, but he's come to Villa and he's very prepared to, to work with what's already in place. And I think what's 
what's quite special about Villa is the the, the data team and, and the scouting department that they've got already there. And and obviously Rob McKenzie, who's, who's head of recruitment. Um, it would have been very easy for, you know, the Spanish to come in and rip everything up and, and look at it and think, well, you know, this this is our baby now. We, we're going to decide on everything. But, you know, the, the, the Diaby move, for example, we know that Emery wanted um, Nico Williams, but... He was prepared to go to the data team and the scouts after and say, look, you know, what are the best alternatives? And Diaby was actually one of the ones that was mentioned. And then, you know, between them, they, they came to the agreement that he was the one that was going to push forward. So, so it just feels like all the departments are in place now. You know, I've, I've spoken on this podcast before about the player care department, about the loans department. It's been slightly broken up this year with Mila um, Edinat moving to, to Tottenham. But there's... There's good people at the club now. In, in there's there's very talented people in in important positions, and it just feels like everything's you know growing in the right direction. And all that Villa really have needed, no disrespect to the other um, coaches that have that have been at the club, was that elite level coaching to take the club forward. And now they've got that, it feels like everything's in place, and that you know the only way is up. I mean, <laughs> we we love to get sort of carried away before the season starts, don't we? But if if you can't get if you can't get optimistic about you know the way the preseason has has unfolded, the way Villa are playing, the the players that they've brought in. Yeah, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that you know FFP is going to be an issue for Villa at some point. But perhaps next year, if they don't get the right sales in, it will be. And, you know, it's something that all clubs need to be looking at. But in general, there's a lot of excitement around the club. And if Villa can continue progressing and, and perhaps even get into the Champions League, um, you know, the revenue streams that they're going to increase um, will just make the FFP issue a little bit less of a concern. I have to get the Greg Evans FFP klaxon out. But, you know, <laughs> I, I completely get what you're saying. I know some people don't like you talking about it, but it's a fact. You know, I'm at Sky two, three times a week at the moment, and we're talking about Manchester United, FFP, Newcastle, FFP. Villa are fortunate because they sold Grealish for, for 100 yeah. million. I think things would be a lot worse had they not done that. That gives Villa a little bit more room to manoeuvre than perhaps Manchester United and Newcastle have at the moment. But it's a worry for a number of teams. Look at Wolves. Down the road, it's I mean, I seriously fear. Mm. Seri- I mean, I don't fear for them because I don't really care what happens to them. But I think they're in massive trouble. They've lost a hell of a lot of players, quality players. They've struggled for a goal scorer for, for years. I think the manager could walk at any time. In fact, before I've come on, there was murmurs that he may have already walked La- Lopetegui. I don't know whether that that's actually come to fruition yet or whether it will. But they're in serious problems, and it's because of it's again they can't spend money. Because and of you, FFP, and you, they've got and themselves and into you think situation. about it, this is this is like the, this is the point that you know, without getting sounding too negative again, this was the point that I was trying to make a few weeks back. Look at Wolves a few years ago, signing some oh, yeah. big players on big money on big contracts, and then you know, all of a sudden, it's all it's all hit home, and the fact that they you know dropped down the league ever so slightly, and the investment stopped coming. It all catches up on you eventually. So that's why Villa have got to be very mindful of, of becoming self-sustainable. And with the owners in place, you know, genuine billionaires who are working constantly at trying to increase the revenue at the club. That's why the season ticket prices have gone up. You know, it was the owners that wanted to do that because every little area of the club needs to be generating more money. Now, the sponsorship deal um, uh, on the shirt is doubled, you know, doubled the amount. Um, it's why players like Aaron Ramsey will be moved on because 
they need to generate funds around that. And it's just the way that businesses and football clubs work now. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that because Villa are in a good place. They're moving on up. Yeah, OK, there are issues about, you know, whether the season tickets are a little bit more expensive. But I think in general, supporters understand to an extent that if they're going to be moving up the table and playing, um, you know, much higher level football, that, that those rises were always going to come at some point anyway. Um, perhaps how Villa handled it might have been done differently, but um, and I think it was always going to be expected at some point. The, 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 you know more than me on this, Dan, but the, the, the tickets have been quite been... good value for years, haven't they, right? Oh. Yeah, I, w- I would say so compared to the rest of the Premier League. Obviously, Villa has spent some time in the Championship. I think the main problem with the pricing and stuff around the infrastructure at the club and the, the stadium and whatnot at the moment and the prices, the main problem is communication and how they did things that they've not made use. It's, it was called the FCG, the Fan Consultation Group, it's called something else now. But they've kind of, I think they've got a few things a little bit wrong with that in what the fans actually wanted in terms of facilities. And they've gone in one direction, which is, I don't think, is the direction a lot of fans wanted to go in. The price hikes, look, it, it, it is what it is. I sit here as someone who's part of the problem because whatever they hoist it up to, I'm not prepared to, to lose it, yeah. my season ticket. Yeah. And there'll be, there'll be many people that, that feel exactly the same as me. I've sat in that seat my whole life and I, and I, I don't want to ever give it up. So you, you're almost part of the problem. And then the waiting list is so, so vast now. There's so so many people on that waiting list. The club have kind of got most supporters over a barrel. But I still think if you look at the prices, it's not, you know, they're not, they're not outrageous compared to some of the rest of the Premier League. And at least at this point now, I feel that there's a trust there with the club that they are heading in the right direction. They've got the right manager, etc. Whereas the year before they put the prices up with Gerard in charge, it was more in, a hope of doing well rather than expectation. Yeah. <clears throat> There's genuine expectation now. And like you say, Villa, from a financial standpoint, they will probably say their hands are tied and they have to do it. So I, I get it. Look, it's not ideal. Everyone would love to pay what they were playing, paying a few years for, for tickets. But unfortunately, in general, it's the way football are going. And I understand that if the other clubs charge a certain amount, if Villa want to compete, they're going to have to do the same kind of thing. So it's one of those 50-50 situations where I can, I can see it from both sides. But the club's trending in the right direction, which I think yeah. is is the main thing. That, that That's what we want. I had a few you, people ask me sorry, on, on Twitter. Just, oh, sorry, just but in Dan, what, what are your thoughts on the new setup in the whole end? Again, I think that's the club taking in a rather basic feedback form from supporters and assuming they want something that they don't want. I think the Villa fans just wanted the facilities improved within the current space in the whole end. You know, the the terrace views that's in the whole and that's that's where I sit. I sit in the whole end up with the terrace view terrace views coming in. I don't think that's what the Villa fans were alluding to when they said they wanted improvements to, to the facilities. They don't want to be paying for something that's at, a, at an extra cost. There'll be people who are more clued up about it mm. than, than I am, but if you know, I'm not. I, for example, I'm a season ticket holder. I would like somewhere to go before the game that, that isn't the concourse, but I'm not doing the terrace view. Yeah, I just, I yeah. just won't do it. I, I personally think what they're asking for is when on top of the season ticket prices, it's just too it's, much. It's too much. That's what that's what I think. But there'll be plenty of people who don't think that. Yeah. Who who will do it? The proof will be in the pudding. Ultimately, by how many people have taken it up, and I don't, I don't have the the answers to that. But for me personally, it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's even been a consideration, even though, to be fair to me, I go with my dad who doesn't move as well as, as he always has done. And I could do, do with having somewhere that's accessible for him mm. to be able to sit down before the games, 
in, in comfort and the terrace view would, would probably be that. But personally, I think the price point is too much when you're already paying out for, for a season yeah, ticket. Yeah. That that would be that would be my honest feedback on it. It feels like they're just trying to modernise it, don't they? Isn't it? And they're yeah. trying to make it more of a an upmarket place to visit for in certain areas. You know, yeah, I think you have to keep it, the, the cost factor in mind, which I'm sure the club have done. You know, in 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 other areas, but I presume I presume their thinking is that it's a small percentage of the of the ground that's now taken up. Um, but it's opening up, you know, a new opportunity. And I think once the, you know, the North Stan redevelopment gets done um, and the surrounding area, you know, Villa Park is going to be a much more modern place to go and visit, isn't it? And it's got somewhere, I think that they're trying to get people to, you know, to spend more time after the games. It feels like, there isn't many, it's hard to there get isn't very many, there aren't many, very, there aren't very many places to go after the games that are like, you know, great, Either. and and it's difficult to get away and you just think if there were really you know if there were a new sort of like box park type venue there that would attract more of a younger crowd I think keep people there um, yeah box park and, and Wembley is brilliant I know I know we don't get there every year but when we have done it I've had a brilliant time in, in box park if they had something like that on a match day like I say for me my circumstances will be different to maybe other people of, of, of my age my priority now is is my dad all right? Yeah. yeah. The football, if I go to an away game, I will go with mates. So my experience is very different, but my home game experience is very regimented. Like this is, this is what I do. I spend time with my dad. I've done it my whole life. That's what I will continue to do as long, as long as he's able to. So what I want is, is probably different to, to what other people want. So I get that the club are never going to, going to please everyone, but I do think they've kind of got this one wrong. If I'm, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. You know, I think the club's done so much right over the last few years. Really, I'm really happy with the direction that the club, the club's heading in. But I think my personal opinion is the fans that sit in the Holt End, which is where I've sat my whole life. I think they just wanted improvements to the concourse that was already there because it, it, it's pretty basic. It does take a long time to, to get served. I think they wanted that modernising. But then what you say is also true of they have got to try and do different things. But mm. I, I just think they've con- they've not got the balance right. On this occasion, unfortunately, we'll see. We'll see. How, I suppose how the you know the next few weeks and months develop. Yeah. Obviously, there were, there were changes in the in the north stand, weren't there, with the hospitality and you know that 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 sort of what's went happening down. with the north stand, Greg? We'll have to. We have got to find out more details about it. You know, construction work in the country in general. I'm not an expert, but lots of my friends work in the industry, and um, you know, projects are just becoming so much more expensive because of uh, you know the war and, and and Brexit and various various things are, are driving up the cost uh, of everything. So Villa have changed their plans slightly, but I won't go into too much details until I know for sure exactly what's happening because uh, I don't want to put out any misleading information without checking yeah. everything first. But um, something something we can we can do on the athletic in a little bit more depth, me, me and Jacob between us, and uh, and maybe talk about in the podcast in in the future weeks. Just on, just on Jacob. No, mm. We didn't plan to talk about this, but it's just, just come up, so I might, might as well ask. Like, how how has he found covering Villa so far? Because it must be 
daunting. He probably comes to a place that he's never, ne- never, yeah. never lived before. Yeah, coming no, to, I mean, to a club to report on a club. He's following in massive, massive shows as well, isn't he, Greg? It's going to be really, going to be really difficult to do. No, David Ornstein's still staying. The last one. <laughs> <laughs> the follow on from Greg Global, Global Greg Evans. I need to think of a nickname for Jacob. But actually, every writer's different, aren't they? Yeah. And I've enjoyed a few of his, his tactical pieces so far. He did one last week that I really, really enjoyed. It was such an interesting read about Villa System. Uh, yeah, yeah. As I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, a very nice writer. Somebody who will get stuck into um, the tactics side of things, but but also you know the nitty gritty of, of what's going on uh, at the club. I mean, you know, I, I probably shouldn't really talk talk for him too much. We'll get him on the podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah and, we'll get him and, on. and get his thoughts after some of the early games. But but yeah, no, no, he's settling settling in well. It, it's always easier, I think, as a reporter. You know. What I'm finding in in my slightly new newer role covering Liverpool a little bit more heavier than, than Villa these days. Um, the more games you have, the, the the better it is. You know, the easier it is when 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 you're moving over. You just need a bit of time to get settled in. So, um, I've seen a lot of the comments on the Athletic have been very complimentary towards towards Jacob's article. So, you know, for for the guys that are still reading. Um, uh, you know, please carry that on because it's always difficult for reporters when they're when they're starting a new role. But you know, it'll be easy. It'll be relatively easy for Jacob because um, you know he's an experienced writer now, and uh, and there's lots of good times and exciting times ahead at Villa. So it's harder when you come in when they're struggling. Believe me. Yeah, I'm a I'm a bona fide subscriber now since I since I, <laughs> I got I have to pay I have to pay for my pound subscription now. Did which you get I'm a pound a month. I, deal? I can't. I think I have got the pound pound a month to, to kick, kick it off. To be to be fair, so it's all right. It's all right for now. I'll continue to read. Look, I I genuinely enjoy the Athletic. As I, as I said, I left with no hard feelings whatsoever. I still read it every day, and I still listen to stuff on there every day. I find it a really useful resource for working in in football media because you get a sense of of what the other teams are thinking as well. When I'm doing what I'm doing at the moment, it's great to know what's going on at the other clubs and I don't think there's anything quite like the the athletic. I don't know why I'm trying to shift it to people because it doesn't really make doesn't really make a difference to, to me anymore. But yeah, just a, I, I I really enjoy it. Let's talk about something that you may or may not be writing about in the future, Greg. Ollie Watkins's contract. I've had a few people mm. tweet me recently because I said in May I'd expect this to get signed soon because that was what I heard and I expected it was going to get signed soon. Manchester United have since signed a forward and we spoke for I can't remember if it was last week or the week before about how sometimes you know other transfers might impact the signing of, a, of, of another contract at, an, at another club. The striker market feels like it's kind of coming to its conclusion now once Harry, we find out what's finally going on with, with Harry Kane. Although I've got to say, I didn't mention it on Sky, but when we were talking about replacing Harry Kane, the other, the other day I did suddenly think, obviously Watkins is a London boy, would Spurs maybe try and go for him with two years left in his contract? But I sat there quiet because I, I didn't want to bring it up. But is that contract any nearer to being signed? Um, I'm not sure if it's any nearer, but it has been very close anyway, you know, for a very long time. Watkins is very happy at Villa. He wants to stay, you know, he, he he's looking forward to the season. He's enjoying himself there. He likes playing under Emery. He believes that Emery's made him a much better player. He's happy at Villa. Um, it's the same sort of scenario uh, as, as it has been, you know, Bayern Munich showed a little bit of an interest in him previously. They haven't got Harry Kane yet. Um, if Harry Kane does move, then Tottenham are after a striker. There are just all these, you know, small little percentage chances that moving can parts. change. You know, the moving part. It's very, it's very, very unlikely. I'd say that 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 Watkins doesn't sign a new deal and he moves. But um, when these very, very small percentages are still available in football, it's just why um, 
you know, things haven't got quite done yet. But look, I, I expect it to be happening. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened tomorrow, for example. But then it equally wouldn't happen. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened a week or two down the line or even further. But I very much expect him to be a part of it. Emery likes him, wants him to stay, has, has asked, you know, the club to push forward with the deal. Um, and Watkins is happy as well. So it, I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah, Greg Evans was very happy riding about Aston Villa, but then he got another opportunity, and he, he you know, he jumped on that to leave the moving past. Well, I am, st- in, I am still writing about. <laughs> you I'm know, still writing about. You know, what I it's mean. a bit, it's a bit harder to play for two clubs, but <laughs> yeah, you, you, you might happen to do so. You having to do it so far, Greg, and you do, you're doing yeah. it very well. I don't know if there's anything else. I, well, actually, I did. I'll tell you what I did want to ask you. I think Ollie Watkins scored 16 Premier League goals in the end last season, which is a tremendous record, especially mm-hmm. considering I think he, he had one maybe before Emery had joined in the in, in the Premier League. I think he think he might I know he scored two because he scored in Danks's game as well. So two Premier League goals before before Henry joined ended on sixteen. What should he be aiming for this season? Because he's gonna be the main man. If he's fit he's gonna play every week, isn't he? So yeah. should he be looking at between twenty and twenty five goals? Uh, I think in all competitions, yeah, I think you know it's really difficult to get over twenty goals in the Premier League season. Um so yeah, look all competitions if he if he can get over twenty absolutely incredible again because I feel really passionate about Watkins I, I really like him and I, and I just think that his success story has gone slightly under the radar I think that Villa fans at times are a little bit harsh on him I think the the, the, the yeah I agree the, the feeling among some supporters is that he's not a great finisher, which I just think is a load of bollocks. He's, I think he's a great finisher, and I think he's improved. Glad you swore because I think I think you bang on. Yeah, I, I mean, chances. you know, it's just it, you know, every everybody, every every striker misses chances, but I think he's be, become a lot more clinical um, in the last year or so for certain. I know he's been working with uh, individual striker coach as well on, on various techniques and that certainly helps um, and Emery's done a lot of work with him so so has Rodri the, the individual coach at Villa so the the England snubbing is I wouldn't I'd look past that because there's just so many good strikers that they've got at the uh, at their disposal and and look he's not going to play very often with Harry Kane there anyway but I just think his success story is we we should be talking more about it. We should be enjoying him more. We should be celebrating him more. Um, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm ever so slightly biased because I like him as a guy oh, as well. That there yeah. there are players at that club that um, that you know I I enjoy speaking to more than others, um, shall we say? But and, and, and Watkins is somebody who uh, I'm not I'm not particularly close with him, but just somebody who you know I speak to after games um, in a very journalist player relationship you know and, and he sort of talks about his game and I like I like the fact he's quite open and honest about it and, and his difficulties at times and what he's working on um, but if you look through the Premier League there aren't there aren't many strikers that have come from the lower divisions and kicked onto his level and also I, th- I think I think he was one of the quickest players to get to 10 or 15 goals um, over the last sort of four or five seasons at least before um you know, like Harlan came last year and, and players like that. But there aren't many better strikers out there in the Premier League. Like, genuinely, there really are. Completely, completely agree. I don't know who people think, the people that get on his back, I don't know who they think that we're going to get. I remember saying this, actually, so I can say this. I remember saying this before we went on this run under Emre. I don't know who people think that Villa can can go and get. It's not easy to go and buy a goal mm. scorer. Watkins has now proved across three seasons. He's guaranteed goals. He'll get you double figures. And I also just think the other things that he offers the team, 
are just like if you look at Wilson and Watkins, two players that have played in the, yeah. in the AFL and are now high level Premier League strikers. I just think what Watkins offers you in the channels in terms of work, although to be fair, Emery's made him play, made him play more central. Watkins is a top class striker in the in the Premier League. I don't think we can do any better than the Nolly Watkins. Isn't it? So it's difficult to find, you know, another one. It really is hard. I like, I really like okay. Ivan Tony. I think he, I think he is maybe slightly better than Watkins because I think he just does a bit more in the build up play. Ivan Tony, I think he's a he's he's a clever footballer, but. Ollie Watkins is absolutely superb, and you're right about his finishing. It has improved. Yes, he still misses chances, but like I said, Haaland misses chances. He mm. might score five in a game, but he still probably misses misses five. He doesn't score every single chance that comes his way, although he does in in, in the odd game here and there. But every striker misses. Watkins is no, is no different. Both foot, for Villa, both footed as well. Headers feet, decent in the air, fast. You know, wins. He wins. Strong. He scores. Headed goals. He he's yeah. got different types of finishes, you know, the inside, the outside, the through the laces. He's got he's 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 got it all, I think. You know, he really has it. I agree with you. Um I think Villa are very lucky to have him and you know, let's enjoy him, let's celebrate him, let's not get in his back and bloody say his his finishing isn't good enough because his goal scoring record shows that it is. Getting a bit passionate about this. (laughs) Me and you are completely identically on the same page here. Some of the stuff I saw after he missed a penalty the other night and people were kicking off. One, it's a pre-season friendly. Two, you're not seeing the second half of the season. Do you know what? Watch us. The second half of the season, he was absolutely unplayable at times. I'm very passionate about this subject as well. Ollie Watkins is fine by me. Give him a five-year contract. Brilliant. Because I think he'll, he'll score Villa goals and I think he'll get 20 plus. This season, if he if he stays fit, I really do. We're going to end the show with some predictions, but before we do that, let's hear from our sponsors, NordVPN. Then our new show sponsor, NordVPN, might be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile, and smart TV. If you want to watch, let's say, some U.S. content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And while you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. The service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty dab handy. A part of NordVPN supporting 1874, the Aston Villa channel, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free, which also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to www. 1874.io forward slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details will also be in the description. And as always, we are truly grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight. But if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help us to keep the channel running. Get on that deal because it's something something I use and it's very, very handy through the, through the season to catch extra games. So yeah, get on that if you've got the means to do so. Let's have some impromptu predictions then, Greg, before we end the podcast. First one, where well, I'll do it as well and then we'll see who's right at the end of the season. Where <laughs> are on. Aston Villa going to finish this season? Uh, I think Villa will finish sixth. Same. I'm going to be honest. I did my league table the other day on Twitter. I actually do think Villa will finish fifth, but I didn't want to over-egg it too much, so I did put us as sixth, but I actually think we'll finish fifth. But I'll say sixth because I don't want to over-egg it too much. In the cup competitions, Greg, will Aston Villa win a trophy or get to a final? 
No. No. I'm going to say that Aston Villa Football Club will win the Europa Conference League. That's my prediction. Best manager that they could have to do it. So if they're not winning a trophy under this manager, they'll never win a trophy again. I've said that, said that <laughs> many times that. before. We'll have a let's have a top goal. I think we'll both agree top goal scorer is probably Watkins. So we'll both pluck a number out, yeah. out of the air for him. What are you saying? In all competitions here, Watkins. Yeah, I think Ollie Watkins, yeah, it's a it's a it's an easy one. Yeah, Ollie Watkins. Should we have a go on um player of the you're season? Give me a goal. Are you going to give me a goal? I want you to give me a number of goals that Ollie Watkins will score in all competitions. That's what I want you to do. What did he get this year? 16? It was 16 in the Prem. Possibly maybe 17 overall. I can't remember if he scored in the Cups or not. I think he will I think get he might have scored. 18 goals this season. In all competitions? Yeah. I'm going to go 21 for Ollie Watkins. And now, because, I, because we both agreed that he's top goal scorer, let's go for a second top goal scorer and a tally. Emmy Buendia. Eight. Do you think he'll play every week? Do you think he'll play every week? I think he'll get some goals. Yeah, my answer, my answer would have been Ramsey. In, had he in been... Europa League as well, in the Europa Conference League. Okay, Ramsey would have been my pick, but we don't know how long he's going to be out for at the start of the season. So I will go for Moussa Diaby, let's say 12 in all competitions for him. <laughs> These Player are very of... aren't they? <laughs> yeah, no, no, nothing is. Nothing is a fine. Player of the year, Greg? Oh, it's got to be Emmy Martinez again, hasn't it? I mean, you say again, he didn't win it last year, Greg. Just he, did, he, did he did him last year. That, that, he did the him Greg Evans, the Greg I, Evans I award is not, is not a real award. I did his more play with you, so I'm going for him again. I'm going to go for him again. I think after the way he ended the season and Graham Reed come back from him, I think he'll continue. I think he's the first name on the team sheet, actually. Well, actually, Emmy Martinez is probably, but I think outfield McGinn's one of the first names on the team sheet. So I'll go for go for John McGinn, young player of the year, Greg. Uh, well, is, can you say Philogene? Is he's, he's twenty two now, isn't he? Um, it's not even. It's not really under twenty three. Sometimes uh, young player of the year. Someone's got a breakthrough, haven't they? Oh, I don't know. It's too early to say. Don't ask me in six months, bloody hell. Well, no, that's not a prediction then, is it? If I ask you in six months, you've got something too to go hard, about. Because, you know, any of these players could get injured. I know, but it's just predictions. It doesn't really mean anything. You're taking, you're taking this very seriously. You're taking it more seriously than, than, than you need to take. I'll go for Phil Jane as well, because there isn't. I mean, or yeah. Maybe Kellyman. Maybe Kellyman. Or, or Duran. Dur- 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 you know, if Duran maybe gets yeah. some goals. Or Archer, if he sticks around. Yeah, Okay. Uh, I think that probably does it for predictions. I can't think, can't think of any more any more Villa based ones to do. Who anyway, do you think so, yeah. will go down very quickly while we're on it? Sheffield United, Wolves, and Luton. Mm. It's very. It's almost a universal feeling, that isn't it? A lot of people here have said Fulham at score. Mm. They think Silver might walk as well, and if Mitrovic goes. Well, sir. Well, you've got your uh, fifteen hundred Sky references in anyway, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it was logical to what to what it was logical to what to what I was saying. It fits in with what I was. I was just saying it for the sake of it. It was relevant to the stories that I was telling at the time, Greg. But thank you very much for jibing me at the end of the podcast. I really, really appreciate that. It had been a pleasure to talk to you until the last thirty seconds, Greg. So thank you very much for for joining me. Always a pleasure. Thanks to everyone for watching or listening wherever you are digesting the podcast. If you could subscribe and like, 
and all that jazz that that you have to do. I'm not as okay with that kind of thing as you should be. That's I should be. Sorry. So if you could do that, that really helps the channel grow. Dave Reed and myself will be back for a match preview of the Newcastle game specifically over the next couple of days. If you are travelling up to St James's Park on Saturday, have a safe trip and bring back three points, please. And if I'll take a point at the moment, you bring back a point. Yeah, I'll be I'll be happy with that. But yeah, really enjoyable to talk to you, Greg, up the villa. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.